Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of The Sharon Tapes was made possible by our supporters on Patreon. Alfreda Brunde, Patricia Alberts, Kelsey Tucker, and Brandy Campbell. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $1 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains paranoia, dread, and implied death and transformation. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you don't mind if I record this. For internal use only, of course. Uh, yeah. Sure thing, Ren. So you do remember me. I was worried you'd forgotten. Honestly, you're kind of hard to forget. <laughs> I get that a lot. 
Shall we begin? Uh, yeah, great. Right. Dr. Ren Park of the Institute for Stellar Propulsion, Heuristics, and Aeronautics, conducting Meriwether Clearance Interview for Mr. Peter Slate of Des Moines, Iowa. Interview begins. Can you confirm your name, please? Uh, yes, that's correct. Date of birth? Uh, April 9th, uh, 1981. Occupation? A stay-at-home father, formerly general contractor. Any allergies? Amoxicillin. Oh, but Andrew does have a nut allergy. Do you have that written down Don't somewhere? Don't worry, Peter. Kate already told us. Several times. <sighs> of course she did. Any medical history we should be aware of? Histories of certain cancers in your family, major surgeries, that sort of thing. I've got a plate in my right arm. A football injury. Really? That makes it sound cooler than it is. I slipped on a patch of ice junior year and never played again. At least you had athletic ability at some point. Some of us weren't so lucky. Just stay away from F-Wing and you should be fine. What's F-Wing? Magnetic imaging and radiology. It's all shielded, but you might get your arm stuck to the wall if something breaks. I'll keep that in mind. To your knowledge, have you or anyone in your family had previous contact with Chief Edgar Morrison of the Oslo County Police Department? Should I know who that is? No, I don't think you should. That's all I need, Peter. Thank you for your time. Could you please ask Robert to come in? Is there something else? Is Kate going to be safe here, working with you? Peter, our staff is fully trained to handle any medical emergency. That's not what I mean. Is what you're asking Kate to do safe? Is she in danger? <sighs> Mr. Slate, when I found Kate, she was infiltrating an abandoned underground facility to confront a very dangerous man. She was trying to rescue a friend he'd taken captive. Trying and succeeding, I might add. With my help, but still... She chose to go down there. She knew the danger, and I think she'd do it again under the same circumstances. I can't promise you that Kate will be safe, but I don't think anyone can decide that besides Kate. What I can promise you is that Kate is better off working with us than on her own, even if it doesn't feel like it. And I swear that I will do whatever I can to keep all of you safe. Within ISFA's mission parameters, of course. Is that all? Home sweet fucking home. Still no signal. No, I don't want to join ISFA public, thank you. God. What's the world coming to when secret research facilities have free Wi-Fi? Oh. Nice easy mission, Ren said. Little softball to get you started, they said. Yeah, tell that to the zombie cultists chasing us through the woods. And the fact that they expected me to just carry on carving shivs to fight them off? 
so much for living my own life, huh, Anna? Samuel Isaac Bailey, recording for ISFA Internal Records, Bailey Log, November 14th, 2019 at 2.21 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Ugh. God, I'm still sore. Uh, you think it would have worn off now that we're out of that tree, but no. Still feels like I've got a knot in my back. About 12 new scrapes and bruises from all the tests they were doing. I don't know how many vials of blood they took before they were convinced I wasn't exposed to the fungus. Anyway, I was the last one to clear quarantine, so I'm guessing everyone else is already back in their rooms. They aren't actually that bad, at least compared to where we spent last night. It looks more like a cheap hotel room than anything else, except for the windows, or lack thereof. I guess I shouldn't be surprised with how far underground we are, but still, after the cabin, it feels even more claustrophobic than usual. Even if it is a little bit bigger than my apartment in Oslo. Swings and roundabouts, I guess. <clears throat> with all that in mind, there is one silver lining to all this. After Jerry and Rob arrived, Ren decided to give me all the recordings Anna made while she was working here at Merriweather, in addition to her old tapes. Maybe he thinks it's some kind of peace offering for what he put us through in Pennsylvania. Add to that the fact that Maria finally agreed to lend me Anna's old copy of Adolfo, and I have the key text and all of the tapes for the first time. Which means... I can focus on the relevant recordings instead of picking them out at random. Hopefully, that'll save me a few gray hairs this time. And here we are at last. The Merriweather facility, somewhere in northwestern New Mexico. I'd be more specific than that, but it wouldn't help. It's one of those out-of-the-way places so far from the nearest town that you have to find it by coordinates rather than an address. From what friends told me, it used to be an old industrial metalworks that boomed during World War II and went bust soon afterwards, built on the cheapest land developers could turn around quickly, which turned out to be the middle of the New Mexico desert. When Isfa bought the place in the 80s, they pretty much gutted the interior before tunneling 10 stories down into the rock making halls, labs, and living quarters out of concrete, stone, and steel as quickly as they could. All of that means my room's a bit spartan, but since I live most of my life out of a van, I can't really complain. I mean, I guess I'm kind of complaining anyways. I really don't think I should be here. Ever since I told Ren about my dreams, he's been obsessed with finding a way of testing them. And he finally forced the issue by inviting me to stay here in exchange for his help with the Beechwood monster. I might have found another way to deal with it, but... Well, they had a rather elegant solution, and there's no way I could get access to that kind of tech without them. So here I am. A guest of the Experimental Projects Division of the Institute for Stellar Propulsion, Heuristics, and Aeronautics. A Wren and his boss, essentially. You'd think the fact that I'm friends with him would make that easier to accept, but it doesn't. I don't know. 
Maybe it's just the fact that I don't like being cooped up or told where to go, but I can't help feeling trapped in here. The facility is mostly abandoned, but I feel like I keep seeing things at the end of the corridors that vanish just before I round the corner. And as much as I try to ignore it, I'm sure that there are too many shadows in my room when I try to count them. All right, that looks like it's rolling. Can you please confirm your full legal name? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, um, uh, Robert Alexander Quincy. Dr. Ren Park, ISFA Experimental Projects Division, conducting entrance interview for Mr. Robert Quincy. I know you've been through a lot, so we'll try and get this over with quickly, all right? All right. Date of birth? 29th of April, 1988. Occupation? Um, unemployed currently. Before that, I was... We'll get to that later. Allergies? Uh, latex and, uh, and and just seasonal allergies, but they're both pretty mild. Anything in your medical history our doctors should be aware of? <sighs> not, not that I can think of. Uh... I, well, I think Bill's family has a history of lung cancer. I already um, asked Bill, and we have that on file. Now, to your knowledge, have you or anyone in your family had previous contact with Chief Edgar Morrison of the Oslo County Police Department? Why would you need to ask me that? I need an unbiased answer, Rob. worked for Chief Edgar Morrison for nearly 10 years. Oslo PD was just about the only department outside Vegas willing to hire a gay couple with little to no experience in law enforcement, and he went to bat for us more than once. I trusted him. I respected him. But there were a lot of things I had to overlook to make that work. And then one day... One day... Bill told me that Morrison ordered him to make Sam disappear. One of his own officers. Someone I knew. Morrison broke that trust, and all the respect I had for him was gone the moment I saw past that facade. If I never see him again, it won't be soon enough. While I certainly appreciate the sentiment... I need to know where your loyalties lie with regards to the entire department, not just Morrison. If you were confronted by a fellow dispatcher or an old co-worker about your activities here, do you believe you'd be able to uphold our non-disclosure agreement if they appealed to you personally? Are, are you asking if I'd lie to them? Not in so many words. Uh, I would... Certainly try to. Yes, I I think I could. If it meant keeping Bill safe. Yes, I could lie to them.
night, Katie. Sandra was asleep? Yeah. He's wiped out from the drive. <sighs> I know the feeling. You okay? Yeah, I mean, decontamination took way longer than I said it would, and they had to run a whole other set of tests if they saw Sam's blood work. No, so. I mean, are you okay? I don't know. It's... <laughs> I... I thought I had a handle on Anna's world, but... This... Cults and mushroom zombies and telepath warfare. It's all just... I don't know if I can do this. If there's anyone who can handle this, I know it's you. If you still feel like you have to do this, then you can. I know you can. Just don't feel like you have to bottle it up anymore. Whenever you need to talk to someone, whenever you need someone to talk to, I'll be here. And if what I have to tell you about sounds possible, then I guess we'll just have to deal with it the same way we deal with everything. Together. I don't know if it's loud enough to be picked up on the recorder, but I just heard something move out in the hall. It's almost midnight and I'm supposed to have this wing to myself, so there shouldn't be anyone else out there. I haven't been able to get to sleep, but I was just starting to doze off when I heard... <sighs> saying it out loud, it may be possible that I just imagined it. That I was dreaming and scared myself awake. If I'm actually awake right now, guess I'll just have to check the tape in the morning to see if this is still... Okay, I definitely didn't dream that. There's someone in the hall or something what the hell okay my key card isn't working I'm locked in Ren said they wouldn't god damn it Ren 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 are you still awake is this you out. That's not great, but I'm sure they'll turn it back on before. Shit. Anna? What time is- Ren, listen. I'm locked in my room and I think there's something outside. What? Ren, nothing's working the way it's supposed to right now. What? The power's out in my room. The lights, the intercom, the door, they're all broken. That... Anna, that is impossible. The facility has three redundant power systems and battery storage for two days minimum. It can't just go out. Well, then you try it. 
Engineering. Rent Park to Engineering, come in. Reggie, are you there? You're right. It's dead here, too. So you're locked in? No, thankfully. The lock on my door broke last week, and maintenance hasn't gotten around to fixing it. Can you get down to engineering from where you are? I believe so. I don't think there are any locked doors between here and the server room. If I take the access tunnel, I should be able to cycle the power from there. Ren, please hurry. doesn't need a keycard, does it? Thankfully not. Just a good old-fashioned tumbler lock. Really? Didn't used to be, but last year the server went down, and we all realized how stupid it was to keep the command terminals behind a door that needed a network connection to open. Ended up having to cut our way in with a blowtorch. Reggie? Are you in here? Huh. That's weird. What is? The server's still powered on. I guess the backup power is working. Just... only in here. Can you get it working out here? It's getting seriously paranoid where I'm at. Right. Just a moment. Run! Alright. Power restored and systems rebooting from last save state. You are now free to move about the cabin. There's... There's nothing here. Reginald Smith! Reginald Smith, please report to server room alpha for your scheduled shift. Reginald Smith, please report to server room alpha. Technician first class, Reginald Smith, please respond. Uh, right. Okay. Let's get started then. Dr. Ren Park conducting Meriwether entrance interview for Jerry Price of Oslo, Nevada. Interview begins. About time. Yes. Sorry about the wait. Again. Can you please confirm your name for the record? Last time I checked. Great. Date of birth? October the 23rd, 1985. Occupation? So, proprietor of Oslo City Auto Repair and Towing. Allergies? No. Anything in your medical history we should know about? Nothing I want to tell you about. M- Mr. Price, I understand why you might be hesitant to trust This us. isn't hesitation. I don't trust you. And yet you went with our operatives when they collected you. I went with Rob. He was in no state to go off anywhere with anyone, but he refused to stay when they told him you had Bill. Ah, right. Still, I'm sure you can see you're both safer here than I really don't see how you can come to that conclusion. 
At least in Oslo, there are people who would notice if we went missing. On that subject, just one last question. To your knowledge, have you or anyone in your family had previous contact with Chief Edgar Morrison of the Oslo County Police Department? Yes. Can you be a bit more specific? My livelihood largely depends on income from towing and impounding vehicles for OCPD. I'm not proud of it, but for now, that's how it is. Before that, I worked for Sheriff Carson of the Agate Shore Police Department. He worked under Morrison. I met him several times at department functions, though he was never all that friendly to me. After Sam's escape from Oslo, I was arrested and interrogated by Morrison for aiding and abetting. And more recently, I housed a group of individuals working to undermine Morrison's extra-legal activities. And will any of that affect your ability to keep what happens here secret from members of the police department? Are there any feelings of loyalty that might cause you Listen, to- Park. I might not trust you. Heck, I might not trust this ISFA, ISFA, OSHA organization you claim to work for. But the last time I saw Morrison, he threatened me with jail time for doing what I assumed was my job. Eight years I worked for Agate Shore PD, and he treated me like I was some punk he picked up off the street. He let me go with the warning, but believe you me. If he asks me where to find this place, he can go to hell before I tell him anything. Right. Well, I guess that answers our questions. Thank you, Mr. Price. I'll have someone take you to your room so you can get settled in. Will you need any assistance? No, I'm... What's that? What? Oh, Robin's Run by Thurgood Vice. You heard of it? I'm not normally one for thrillers, but it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I've heard of it. Could I, uh, borrow it once you're done? Uh, sure. Fair warning, though. I'm a pretty slow reader when it comes to fiction. Not enough hours in the day, you know? Yeah. Tell me about it. Hey, love, I uh, told you I'd be right. What the hell is wrong with you, Rob? Why did you think going to Morrison would help anything? Did you really think he'd let you leave after you told him what you know? What the hell is wrong with you? You stupid, 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 stupid. (laughs) I wasn't thinking. I just wanted to yell at him. I, w- I was so angry. I've been hiding it for so long, and I, I couldn't stop myself. You're right. It was stupid. Selfish. No. 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 It, it's okay. I, I get it. Do you hear that? Hear, hear what? 
noise. Like some kind of static. Is it um, coming from the intercom? Oh, not unless you turned it on. I don't think I did. Not unless I bumped it on the way in. Well, I didn't get any sleep after all. That's not too unusual for me, but still, it's never a welcome occurrence. I'm still not sure what happened last night, and even Ren's being more secretive than usual about it. As far as I can work out, the power failed almost immediately after lights out, 11 p.m., when the labs were closed and most everyone was already in bed. That in and of itself is fairly unusual. Like Ren said, the facility runs on solar and geothermal power, or a backup generator if those two fail. And the battery reserves were basically full when the power went out. The only system that didn't go out was the server. Which is a lucky break, according to Ren, because that would have wiped out a whole lot of very expensive research data. But the question remains. Why did the server still have power and not the rest of the facility? I probably shouldn't worry about it. Like Ren said, it takes a lot of very complicated equipment to manage a power system like this. And there was probably just a glitch in the code. I mean, the technician on duty, Reggie, should have noticed the problem and fixed it before the power went out. Only problem is... Nobody's seen him since his shift started last night. And what remains of the security footage doesn't show him leaving the server room. Ever. I might be tempted to chalk it up to industrial espionage and say Reggie was some kind of saboteur, but I caught a glimpse of the crash log when I got to the server room. It was mostly gibberish. And I don't just mean code. I mean a complete mess of random characters that Ren couldn't make heads or tails of. When I looked closer, I noticed a few English words mixed in. Where? Help. Lost. If it was truly random, then there is a small chance those words could have shown up accidentally. A very small chance, but not impossible. But further down the page, I noticed something else. A name. Reginald Smith. I couldn't shake the feeling that the characters pressing in and around it were burying it, suffocating it in code. The odds of that name appearing in that file randomly are so astronomically low. I'd need Ren's help to put it into words. So either this is all some kind of sick joke, or Reggie Smith, and whatever took him, still haven't left that room. The Sheridan Tapes, Episode 55, 
by imperceptible approaches. Starring Mike Kennedy as Edgar Morrison, Sam Taylor as Ren Park, James Kane as Peter Slate, Amitola Lomas as Maria Soul, Trevor Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, Aaron Neely Chaconis as Anna Sheridan, Chris Martin as Robert Quincy, Virginia Spots as Kate Sheridan, Maurice Cooper as Jerry Price, and Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, with original music by Jesse Hogan. Written by Trevor Van Winkle and produced by Virginia Spots, with dialogue editing and sound design by Trevor Van Winkle. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and connect with us on Twitter at Sheridan Tapes and on Instagram at The Sheridan Tapes. I'm Trevor Van Winkle, this is Homestead on the Corner, and you're listening to The Sheridan Tapes. Five minutes. A transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.